Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Today's episode is Ear to Larynx, What the Voice Learns from Listening. Did you know your voice can listen? Think about it. Your vocal cords, larynx, pharynx, mouth, tongue, and lips act to create sound that communicates messages, right? So how do they learn what to do? Your brain connects your ear to your voice and enables it to listen for directions. It may further surprise you that you can magnify or numb out this connection. Active listening. Okay, first let's talk about an action choice made by your brain. To misquote Shakespeare, to listen or not to listen? That is the question. You know how a dog lifts and cocks its ear to the side when it wants to check out some sound more closely? Well, it does this so it can open its ear more fully to pick up more frequencies for its brain to process. This is active listening. Alternately, you know how its ear either doesn't move or drops in closer to its head when you call it in from a backyard squirrel chase? That is numb listening. It hears and ignores you. To enable more active listening, I've actually used bone-on-bone to conduct sound from my voice to my student's ears. I put my forearm firmly against my student's forearm then make a vocal sound and ask them to listen with their larynx. It can be amazingly and quickly effective in helping them hear really closely so that they can do something new. What the ear can hear. There's a ton of information the ear can pick up if your brain chooses to listen actively. For instance, from listening to the human voice, the ear can detect articulation, tone quality, volume, pitch, phrasing, and rhythm, among many other things. All right, let's break this down one at a time. Articulation. Consonants, vowels, and syllables define words and languages. Without clear articulation, a message is hard to understand. Actively listening to nuances or subtle mistakes with articulation or fluency can indicate where a person is from and the musical genre they're singing. Articulation can also suggest a person's confidence level and how much they've had to drink. Next thing is tone quality that the ear can pick up. The colors of vocal tone or timbre can turn articulation of the very same words into quite different specific messages. For instance, let's take the phrase, I'm sorry, spoken in a dark tone, I'm sorry. It can deliver a threatening omen like, I'm sorry, but I have to kill you. (laughs) A bright tone can indicate sarcasm. I'm sorry. A breathy, tight tone can actually indicate authentic remorse. I'm sorry. Your ear hears messages from vocal tone, even from articulation you don't understand, such as foreign languages. All types and combinations of emotion can be indicated by the infinite depths and shades of tone colors that a voice can have. The next thing the ear can pick up is volume. The volume level of the voice can tell the ear things like distance and location of the person, or what size room they're speaking or singing in. 
It can suggest the physical size of the person, although the physical size of the larynx and certain throat-opening vocal techniques can cause a small person to sound large. Volume can indicate emotions of anger, sadness, urgency of message, intimacy. The next thing the ear can pick up is pitch. Pitch frequencies can indicate age, gender, or size. Again, the ear can be fooled here. Pitch changes in speech can indicate excitement, confidence, friendliness, while monotone pitch can indicate boredom, numbness, and anger. Pitch is also, of course, very much a part of musical language, and when it's inaccurate, it can tell the ear that the singer is not very listenable, not very good. And by the way, when it's too accurate, it can tell you the singer has been overtuned. Next thing the ear can pick up, phrasing and rhythm. Phrasing can be a big part of musical genre. Crooner music, think Frank Sinatra or Michael Buble, is marked by loose-jawed syllables in rhythmic patterns laid behind the beat. Hip-hop and gospel phrasing also lay behind the beat in their own unique ways, as opposed to bluegrass, electronic dance music, and most pop country, which are pretty much on the beat. Okay, now we've talked about what the ear can pick up, Now let's talk about how the ear directs the voice from what it hears. Well, from birth, the ears teach the voice how to deliver messages from listening to other singers and speakers. This is because the sounds the ear receives can be processed by the brain, which then sends neural messages directing the muscles, ligaments, cartilages, and other membranes of the larynx, pharynx, and mouth to copy what the ear hears. In other words, your vocal apparatus literally moves to what the ear hears. But this ear-voice collaboration can be made much more efficient. To train your voice to deliver specific sounds, train your ear to listen more accurately. After all, it's hard to direct your voice to do something that your ear didn't hear first. Here's how this plays out in practical action. First, remember it's ear to brain, to vocal cords. Don't just listen and then speak or sing. Give your brain time to process the oral information before sending directions to your vocal apparatus. A good way to practice is practice miming what you hear. To learn a song, vocal lick, articulation, language, phrasing, rhythm, or other subtle vocal nuance, Do the mime exercise while listening actively to a voice that has mastered what you want to do. This also works tremendously for gaining more accurate pitch, and it works for speakers as well, or learning languages. Listen deeply, listen with all your attention, and let your eyes, jaw, tongue, soft palate, larynx, all of that silently try to copy what your ears are picking up. Second, Don't listen to what you don't want your voice to do. Your larynx can rise uncomfortably when your ears hear a strangled sound or freeze when hearing monotone speaking. Sometimes you can't avoid being somewhere where you can hear this kind of stuff, but try to avoid actively listening to strained or tight yelly voices. Avoid or numb your ears to speakers with vocal fry. If you have laryngitis, as my own vocal coach, Gerald Arthur, suggested to me years ago, don't even listen to music. Remember, your vocal apparatus can move without making a sound. 
If you need to rest your voice, then rest your ears as well. For more vocal training like this, check out my vocal lessons and courses at my website, judyrodman.com. If you like this podcast, I would be very grateful for your review at iTunes. This is Judy Rodman. See you next episode on All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.